0: Before we get into today's episode, I just wanna take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to MakingAuthenticFriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 113. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode welcome so happy to have you and if you've been listening thank you so much for coming on back to the show and if you're listening to this episode in real time this is a big day (laughs) this is a day that we are finding out who our president is for the next four years I really debated if I wanted to put an episode out today I thought maybe I would do one a little bit later or maybe just skip this week just with like everything going on and I feel like anxiety is high. Uh, I wasn't sure if I even wanted to put an episode out, but I felt like a lot of us are just looking for some positivity and some hope and I'm really excited about this episode that you're going to hear today. But one more thing I just want to say before we get to today's episode, thank you so much to everybody who listened to last week's episode where I talked about my own health issues and my own self-care and I was very honest (laughs) and really laid it all on the line and I got such great feedback from people who, you know, appreciated the episode. A lot of you even told me that you went and made yourself a doctor's appointment after listening, which that truly just makes me so happy to know that that episode would have helped anybody in related to your your health or your own self-care. That's exactly why I did it. So I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, those of you who took that step for your own, made yourself a priority. That's amazing. And just to everybody else, thank you for listening and for just supporting me and being so, so kind throughout this journey. So, That's what's going on. And today I'm really excited for this episode. My guest is Jenna Hanlon, who she has actually been a listener of the podcast for a while. Her and I connected many months back and we've just kept in touch with each other. And she recently had said to me, you know, I, I think I want to open up and come on the show and be a guest and I was so happy to welcome her. So we're going to get into her whole story today with her beautiful little girl Annabelle. And like I said, you know, in the beginning, I feel like this is such a crazy time. We're all like high stress, high anxiety. I mean, regardless of the election, just this year in general, um, the election just like, I feel like it's, everything's reaching a fever pitch. And as I'm recording this right now, we we don't know who <laughs> who the president is going to be. So, just wanted to put this out there cuz I do feel like Jenna's whole story and just kind of where it started to where she is now really is one of hope and positivity and I feel like we could all use a little bit of that. <laughs> so, without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Jenna. Hi Jenna, welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Jenna is, I mean, at this point, I would say longtime listener because the show is over two years old at this point. And you and I connected a while back and we have just like been in correspondence this whole time. And it was somewhat recently that you had reached out and you were like, I love the show and I think I'm ready to be a guest. Um, And I was so excited to, to hear more of your story because obviously after, you know, talking to you for so long, I know like little bits and pieces, but I am really excited to hear it straight from you with all the details. So thank you for being here. And if you would kind of take us back to the beginning of your autism journey, I would love to hear it.
1: Sure. Um, so my husband and I got pregnant with our first, um, Annabelle she was, we had a typical pregnancy, nothing out of the ordinary. She was born, I actually had a midwife. And so I gave birth in a water in the, in a bathtub. So I had a really uncomplicated pregnancy, like natural birth. It was so amazing pretty much. And Mm -hmm. so then, um, you know, like when you're a first time parent, you just go through the motions and you check off all the boxes and then the doctor doesn't really, you know, everything turns out good. And so right around a year, I would say, is when my pediatrician was like, hey, you know, she's not really saying that many words or how many words is she saying? You know, it's, it's like the common um, language delay that everybody yeah. I feel goes through. Um, on this journey. But I was just like, Oh, yeah, she says like five words. It's not a big deal. And she's like, uh, Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on it. And I really want her to have more words. And I was like, Okay, well, maybe she's, you know, delayed or a late bloomer, a late talker, if you will. And she was very, very physically advanced. Like she was such a mover, a shaker, a roller, a crawler all over the place. And so I figured maybe verbally she was going to be a little bit late of a talker and then right around 18 months when I went back to my doctor her pediatrician she was like does she have 50 words and I'm like no she just has like I don't know she didn't have she maybe had five maybe six words and so the 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 pediatrician was like we got to go to the regional center and so that's kind of when we started with them and she got qualified for early intervention. And at this point I thought that the pediatrician was kind of, you know, um, just taking it a little too far. Like I'm like, she's fine. She's fine. So clearly I'm maybe a little bit in denial at this point. Um, but I'm like, you you know what? What? she was about 18 months when my, her doctor told me to go get her, um, you know, go to the regional center and get her some early intervention in regards mm-hmm. to speech. And so I said, yeah. you know, it wouldn't hurt. My mom agreed, like, it wouldn't hurt to do that. And so I said, cool. So we did it. And she was one of the younger, youngest um, patients there, which I thought was really interesting. But, mm-hmm. but we started with, like, you know, sign language. And then we moved on to, like, sign with, with saying the words. And then so words started coming out of her. Um, and so we did that up until... Let's see. Right around there, I would say I noticed, too, that her social interactions weren't that great. We I took her to like a mommy and me class and she just wanted to play with me. And she also seemed really agitated when the class would get really loud. And I would Mm -hmm. go outside where it was calm and quiet. And she was just a different child, like easygoing, happy. And I'm just like, what is going on? I don't know. Um, and super strong-willed, she's been strong-willed since day one, just very tough cookie. And I just thought I got, you know, that strong-willed, you know, lady boss girl, (laughs) you know, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I was like, you know, it wouldn't hurt to put her in like a preschool. And so we, that's what we started. We, we put her in a preschool in a Montessori school. And, um, so she was doing that and was fine with it. And then right around when she hit about two and a half, um, her primary teacher, which is like the teacher that, that teaches between the ages of two to five came up to me. It was like, Hey, so there's this thing called ABA. You need to get your daughter some ABA. And I'm like, what is going on? I was just like, this lady's crazy. My daughter's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I just, again, I just, I was in denial. Like I was this first time mom, didn't know anything. And I just thought my child was, you know, perfect. Of course she's perfect still, but yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing going on. And yeah. And so anyway, it didn't really hit me until we had one of those like uh, back to school nights. And so I was with her and her uh, peers and their parents and the teacher said okay kiddos like let's go and do our circle time and all the kids would literally gravitate towards the mat and would sit and attend and would face the teacher and Annabelle would be roaming around the classroom and ignoring the teacher and she's like this busybody all over the classroom and I kept telling her like come, come sit with me and she didn't want anything to do with it and so I just thought, you know, maybe like, let's figure out this whole ABA thing. Like maybe she would benefit from, from that. And so I looked into it and um, we started ABA right around three because she wasn't, she wasn't diagnosed until, until her third birthday. So, you know, when that started, I was also going through the process of going from early intervention to. The district because once they hit three they age out of early intervention so it was like the district was taking over and then i was doing my own private thing with aba and speech still and so you know we went through the whole iep evaluate the evaluations which t- took forever the, the paperwork which was extensive And Mm -hmm. just seeing her not comply, not do the things that I'm like, I know you can do these things, but she just didn't do it. The eye contact, all of it, right. All of it. She just couldn't manage to do it. And the school psychologist just looked at me and was like, you know, just didn't want to startle you or, you know, I don't want you to be blindsided, but she will be diagnosed with autism. Like, I can't diagnose that. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just letting you know. And that just hit me like a ton of of bricks. Um, Mm -hmm you know, at the time I was pregnant with my son. So I had like the hormones raging. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had, obviously I'm already, you know, emotionally, you know, I'm I'm a very emotional person to begin with. So plus pregnancy, plus the potential of like, what's going on with my daughter, you know, this woman telling me that she has autism without even, you know, like, let's go see the doctor first. Let's go get her, you know, have an evaluation in that regard first before you start like throwing words like that at me um Mm. but we did we went and she was diagnosed and i just got the letter in the mail and i just cried and i cried it was really hard um you know it's like a lot of your guests talk about like you grieve over the child that you thought you were maybe thought you might have in your brain and it's going to be different and it's going to look different. And, um, I was just, at that time I was still in denial. I was like, she doesn't have autism. This is just a means to get the services. like completely just in denial about everything. And, you know, we still push forward and, um, I still, we, you know, I, the IEP was, just terrible. They didn't work with us. They didn't provide anything for us. I said, you know, would she be qualified for ABA at school? And she, they said no. So it was a lot of like very minimal services, very minimal anything. And my mama gut just told me, don't do it. Like this does not sound like the right place for her. Um, mm-hmm. and my, my teacher at the time was working with the ABA team and I just felt like that teacher really cared about my daughter and really wanted to provide the best, you know, environment, education, love, everything for her. Plus with the, with the help with ABA and managing those behaviors that she had, um, it just became this beautiful thing, like this, this place where she can be around typical peers and work with them and integrate and also, also have to like step back and do the tasks and, and learn how to manage and do all the things you know that all the skills that she has now is because of that teacher that told me about ABA I really I wrote we just finished like we were done with with the preschool and we're where she's in kindergarten now and I wrote her this the biggest letter ever of just gratitude for her and just to keep doing the things that she's doing because she's changing lives and the teacher was like, I, I want to get an invite to, you know, Annabelle's wedding one day. And I'm like, we're both like crying, you know, because it's, oh. just, it's just amazing. <laughs> I just love her so much. But, um, mm-hmm. so the, the whole IEP experience was very traumatic. And then, um, right before the meeting, so i backtrack a little bit right before the meeting, the, the school psychologist said, Hey, you know, she's in a private school. I really want to observe her. And I said, sure, you know, here's the school and et cetera. And, um, so she went to go observe Annabelle on a Thursday and Friday morning, I get a lady at my front door, um, saying that my daughter, there's somebody anonymously saying that she is being sexually abused and that there was a, a case opening for that and to, you know, explore that. And I was just like, what the heck is that? What is yeah. going on? You know? Um, a little backstory I forgot to mention is that when she started preschool, she was super obsessed with pacifiers. I mean, very much needing the pacifier that now that I think back, I'm like, Oh, it's that like that sensory that she needed. Yeah. Um, but she, the, the school was like, Hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta slowly get her off of that. And we did. But what I noticed is that she started to kind of change, go from one thing to a different kind of behavior. And so that behavior ended up being that she would like grab herself inappropriately. And it would be during nap time. Sometimes it would be during times where tasks were asked of her that she didn't want to do that do and so she would um kind of like well I'm not going to do that so I'm going to do this thing now um Mm -hmm. and it did start to become um you know interfere with her daily life and school life and all that and so we were that was part of our goals in ABA was to kind of keep her hands busy and you know the teacher would say like hands to your sides a lot and you know, she the teacher was like, we don't want to shame her. You know, it's it's our body part. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. <clears throat> but we also want to, you know, we don't want to just let her do that while she could be learning coloring or colors or things like that. It's it's impeding her her education and her like and it's just not like appropriate, you know, but she doesn't right. obviously she's too young to understand that. So um, you know, it's a little concerning. So I did talk to my pediatrician about it she wasn't really concerned. And then I talked to, I have a friend who's a child, um, psychi- a psychologist, and i mentioned it to her and she was like, you know, a lot of kids do that. It's not, she didn't seem concerned either. And so, you know, it's very easy to put two and two together in regards to this like person that anonymously called CPS and did all that. It was, obviously, the school psychologist called CPS. And so, without talking to me about the behavior, um, I did find out from the teacher that she told me in confidence, like, I told her mama that mom, you know, told me about it. She saw the doctor. She did this. She did that. And that nothing came out of it. And so, the, the she just disregarded my teacher and, and myself and just did that, which you know, there's two sides to the coin. She's doing her job. I totally understand that, but I don't know. It just brought a whole can of worms that we were not prepared for and that nothing came out of like the case was closed and, you know, everything was fine, but that was really scary for us, you know, having that happen. And, um, yeah, it was my, my husband's a police officer. So my daughter would go, goes to the school that, he worked the city that he works for so when he got that uh you know it goes to the police department obviously when something like that happens it went like wildfire and so it was like it was just a very big thing not just for Annabelle but for my husband for me it was like this huge this huge thing um Mm -hmm. because of the confident the it was like a um whatchamacallit you know there's somebody under investigation that it like you work for that department, then they have to like go to a different department. So the sheriff's had to be called. It was just a mess. Um, that was a really scary time, really messy time, but we, you know, everybody was interviewed and she came and checked her home and did all of that. And of course nothing came out of it. And and even today, she, since COVID started, those behaviors came, went back up again. And I was really like part of that fear came back up for me um but I just have to keep reminding her and she knows now that's you know we do that in private like you have to go to your room um but you know it's still a lot of reminding a lot of like telling her you know that kind of thing um but yeah that was that was scary so (laughs) that's behind us now and um see where where are we in our timeline um (laughs) <laughs> you and like so many things
0: that I'm like, wow, there was a lot going on, <laughs> like right at the same time.
1: Yes. Um, I think the biggest thing for me when I finally came out of my um, denial, right, was right around when she was four. I just saw her playing with another little girl her age. And the differences, <clears throat> I think, as they get older, the gaps become wider. In in some cases and so I just it was in black and white like you couldn't I couldn't deny it any longer our little girl is different um she's beautiful she's amazing she is you know she's deep emotion very deep sympathy loves to be social she's a big social butterfly but it's like there are some differences there and I just realized like just look and see and I stopped at that point. I was like, there's no more denying. Even my husband and I were like, she, he would want to do certain things that maybe for a typically developing kiddo, it would work. But I just kept telling him like, she has autism. Like you have to, we have to be different with her. And that kind of shook him too. And so, you know, that really that whole thing just like changed our views and our perspective listening to your podcast definitely changed my perspective and and view on on autism and on everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me so yeah that so then I went from like denial to like okay this is a thing to acceptance and now I just love it and I think you know if I do see a kiddo that maybe has some challenges or I see some differences. I just love that child. I mean, I love every Mm -hmm. kid, but that child (laughs) has like a special place in my heart. Um, and you know, I don't know. It's just like, when, you know, one parent who is on this autism journey and I, I follow a lot of your guests, if they have like something that happens that's positive in their kiddo, I'm like, I'm sending them messages Telling them like <laughs> a win for you is a win for me, in my opinion. And because I get it, uh, no. Um, yeah. So now, you know, with COVID, it's it's been crazy, but we're still doing ABA and speech. And she started occupational therapy um, a few months ago. So that's been going really well. Um, that's awesome. yeah, How old is she now? She is going to be six in. Um, in on October 14, so very soon.
0: Oh yeah. So coming yeah. up.
1: Very soon. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you know, I still get kind of emotional reading all the assessments and stuff like that. Like I we still have, you know, we still we're still on this journey. Um but I just, you know, talking to we had our IEP today actually and talking to my my BCBA just, she's like really pumping me up and telling me like, this is really good. This is really good. I'm so happy. This is great for Annabelle. And so I'm like, cool. I'm excited. I'm pumped, you know? So it's definitely a different experience than the first time (laughs) that I went through. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, really, I'm really happy. And, um, I think, yeah, we're, we're definitely heading in the right direction. Um, but my biggest thing is just like, The social parts of it and you know finding other other families that are autism families and you know how to deal with like the society and and their lack of knowledge on autism or their that's been probably the hardest for me um as her mom and then it's been so hard for her as a as a child like when they see that and she knows like if child doesn't want to play with her it's like heartbreaking and how to navigate through that. I'm still learning about that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: I think that's, that's it. It's like pretty much. My- well, I mean, what a, what a story. <laughs> um, I've just, I have, I have several questions, but the first one I want to ask is, so you said you did that initial IEP and so I'm assuming then you decided to keep her at that Montessori school is what you were saying. Yes, I did. Okay. And now is she integrating back into the district?
1: Yes. So now we're, we're in the district. Um, She started in August with, you know, obviously they with COVID everything happening, um, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't do the IEP prior to starting the school year. um, Even though I've called several times and, you know, I tried my best, but I, I get it with COVID everything got pushed and pushed, but yeah. So pretty much we decided as a team that she'll stay in, cause she's in a typical kindergarten classroom, but with, um, in obviously through via zoom and, um, and there's an ABA with her, a therapist with her, um, during the classroom time at all time, like every single Monday through Friday, her zoom is from 8 AM to eleven forty-five, And she has somebody with her the whole time. Um,
0: like in person, she has her ABA and then her class is over Zoom. Correct? Yes. Oh, sounds. I mean, obviously, I think anything virtual school is extremely tough. but that's great. you have her ABA at least there to help facilitate it.
1: Yes, I really like that. I, I really like the fact that like I'm very, very close to all my, you know, all the therapists and, and my BCBA. We all have each other's numbers and we're always texting, emailing. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so the closeness really matters to me because I want to make sure like we're implementing the right programs and, or even me, like if I'm saying something incorrectly, or maybe I can be doing better, offering her more choices, or how can I go about a certain behavior or Mm -hmm. whatever? It's, it's really important. So I really, the, I guess the silver lining here is that they are with her. So then she has the support that she needs when, um, when she's in school. And then after that, like, you know, the, the IEP, she'll be in special education for part of the day. And then, um, the, like a traditional kindergarten class for the other part of the day. And depending on how she is with compliance and, and certain behaviors, she may, they told me like, she may have an aid as well, which I was like, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I didn't know that was because the first time I asked about ABA in, in a classroom three years ago, they said she didn't qualify. So now I'm like, this is awesome. I'm happy with this district. We, we just moved. So
0: it's a different district. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's all really positive. Totally. That's awesome. Um, one of the other things I wanted to touch on, because I feel like it actually hasn't come up too much on the show or at least like when you were saying it it really was resonated with me um just that part about how like people were you know kind of implying to you like hmm this this might be something to look into and you I mean you said you're like I was in denial um I feel like that's such a common I don't even know what denial is emotion I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it so common and I know I've I've talked about I I feel like I wasn't in denial but I was just really really scared. Um it's so scared that I couldn't necessarily like make the moves that I Necessarily needed to or should have. I mean, we started early intervention when Logan was like 20 months old, so it wasn't like we waited too long. Right. But then when he actually, by the time he actually got his diagnosis, he was four. Um, and I feel like denial is one of those things that you know, as parents on on this journey, it's it's so it's so easy to kind of like fall fall into denial. And like you said, it's like you think your child is is you know the most perfect thing you've ever seen, and they are. So it's like when somebody you know questions that you know immediately that mama bear like comes Ooh, yeah. out. Yes. Yes, of course. Um but I I do hear often from people who are like just beginning this journey or you know maybe like haven't even really started yet. And just for you like looking back now, what do you think other than like the like the moments like you said seeing your your daughter, you know, interacting with kids her age? Um, what do you think helped you like get out of that denial?
1: Oh man. Um, <laughs> I think it was one of the pieces I think helped to get out of that was the community that I decided yeah. to build. Um, cause I didn't have a community or I had one person, but, um, I think we were both kind of in a very you know, dark place of like, there's always clouds above our heads where it's just all we see is struggle, struggle, struggle. And Mm -hmm. I needed to find like a little bit of light. I needed to find um, the beauty. Um, I needed to find all of that. And so I just decided to like, there has to be a podcast out there. And that's why I (laughs) stumbled onto yours. And so I just decided to just start listening to other parents um, and professionals and how they take on, you know, how their journey was. And so when I saw, yes, their struggle, but then the beauty part of it, it kind of took me out of that. Um, also reading about, um, you know, about autism reading, like I, I, I just finished Temple Grandin's one of her books and, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like amazing, but, um, I, it just kind of changed my way of how she changed how it like thinking about it instead of like you know, how we, I mean, at least for me, when I first heard autism, I just thought, oh my gosh, it's like this barrier, this disability, this thing that like prevents from mm-hmm. progression which is, I mean, yes and no. Right. So it's just when I started kind of diving into it, I just go, well, okay. There's, there's certain, her strengths are just so amazing to me that mm-hmm. I don't see those strengths in other children. And yes, her, She needs support where other kids don't, but that's what I'm going to provide for her to make her the best that she can be. So um, yeah, I think those two things, like just educating, you know, finding that community. If you don't have a community, like thank goodness for the internet, (laughs) you know, just (laughs) Facebook, Instagram, you know, I just, my feed is like almost all autism parents. And so I just see, so many things that bring me joy. And I I just started kind of changing my ways of thinking about what, what it is, like what autism is, um, this amazing thing. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely part of it. Besides, you know, the interactions of like seeing her with other kiddos, it was Mm -hmm. mostly that. And that kind of got me out of that cloud of like, you know, that woe is me. Like you don't ever want to stay in there. I get it. There's a time and place for the woe is me. And then you got to, you know, put your big girl panties on (laughs) and just, you know, we got to find a situation that is brighter on the other side. And like, let's, let's get this moving. Cause I was, the, the trains were moving, right? The things were happening. It wasn't like, I'm like in denial, we're not doing anything, no services, things were happening, but I wasn't fully on board Mm -hmm. I I was I was just like I don't know it was I think it was just the fear I think there was definitely some fear behind the denial of like what will her her life look like what will her her future look like will she get Mm -hmm. teased like I got teased will she be rejected and I felt maybe a little bit of my I guess childhood history kind of hit me there it was like I don't want my mm. baby to feel, you know, some of the struggles I went through, even though I had a typical, you know, childhood. Um, I don't know. It's just, I guess I, that was kind of my thing. And, and to see, you know, now I just thank God because of ABA, it gave me the skills to help her emotionally regulate. And it helps me too. Cause I'm like, oh, they don't want to be my friends. It's okay. Like they can go that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go over here. Like, Oh, there's other people. There's other friends over here. Let's check them out. You know, mm-hmm. so it provided because before, if a friend didn't want to play with her, she would have this full blown, like throw her body down crying, anger, like just didn't understand. And now mm-hmm. thankfully she's disappointed. Like she's allowed to feel, she's allowed to be frustrated yeah. and, and all those things. And I tell her that I go, you know, I could see that you're upset. I could see that you're frustrated. I'm a, I'm frustrated too. But you know what? It's okay. They're allowed to play by themselves or with their brother or whoever. But guess what? Over there, there's a bunch of people over there. Let's go check them out and see. Maybe they'll want to play. So then she's mm-hmm. like, cool, okay. And then she moves on. But that took mm-hmm. years for her to do that, that emotional regulation. And so I think, yeah, I think those all those things helped me to get out of that that cloud that dark cloud
0: I think that's really really good Th- those two pieces that you had said like finding community and educating yourself I feel like that is the answer for like so many things yes. <laughs> it's like having having your your tribe your people who who get you who understand you and like I said even if it's just or like you said even like just if it's you know online or a podcast like it's that is so powerful especially when you're in that dark spot and like feeling lonely and in denial or isolated like it just it all it really does it just brightens everything when you have that sense of community even with people who you know you don't know in person um I completely agree with that and then yeah like you said educating yourself that was honestly kind of hard for me though in the beginning I remember like I read a couple books but I also felt like overwhelmed by (laughs) everything (laughs) right because there's like so much now and I kind of cherry pick still I don't I don't read like everything but I feel like that that is so important though at least at least to get like a baseline knowledge because like you said there's still so many misconceptions about autism like I always say it like before I was an autism parent I knew like jack about autism (laughs) so yeah it really is good at least a little bit just to educate yourself so that you realize like it's not just this, you know, sad story that you're playing in your head that you think like, oh my gosh, this is what our life is going to be. Like, cause I, I felt that way for sure. Like, I Mm -hmm. felt like, oh my gosh, like our whole life is going to change. And it's, yeah, it's so interesting now being on the other side of things and realizing like, gosh, I mean, uh, like, obviously we do more therapy now. We're a little busier with therapy Mm -hmm. and appointments and stuff, but it's like our, our life really didn't didn't have to change so much but it's like those are the things you tell yourself when you're when you're like in that early stages and you're just kind of looking for like steady ground to stand on and it's like Mm -hmm. everything's great but yeah I think that's that's really good advice um and then one more thing I wanted to ask about because I mean you had mentioned this to me beforehand but the whole thing with CPS oh my gosh when you are talking about how like difficult that was for your family I can only imagine um, and for anyone who I've actually talked to a few other parents who are not, not that specifically, but like something, you know, that is, I think one of the, the real, like upsetting things about autism is that sometimes you, you do see these behaviors that like you had said, like that, that person was just doing her job and, right. you know, she to to do her due diligence and i get that but that's where like i wish more of that education came into play because i think sometimes people do assume the worst in those kind of situations when it's like you know with autism like a lot of times this it's it's not like it's ideal but this is also it doesn't it doesn't have to immediately be like okay we need to jump to the worst possible case scenario did you feel like when that when that whole thing was happening um i mean i don't know how much of like the actual process you want to get into were, were they like asking you like when what it was the actual like officials like i'm assuming they were like interviewing you did you tell them like she has autism like how did that all play into it
1: of course yeah i mean i just i told them that she does have autism and that you know the whole thing with the whole you know like i said with the pacifier switching to that
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so i said that's kind of what you know, and then I told her the whole thing about seeing my doctor and like asking a million people about these, about this behavior. And even the ABA was like, yeah, it's just a behavior. That's all it is. And she's, it's literally a self-soothing behavior. Um, you know, it's not like socially acceptable, right? Some people will tap their fingers or play with their hair or doing those things. And she wants to do that. So, um, mm-hmm. that's what I told them. And so she, the, I mean, the lady, that was the social worker was really nice. Like she was, she just said, Hey, I just, this is my job. And she was not like, you know, being rude or mean or anything like that. It was just, um, yeah, it was, uh, I did tell her and it's, it's hard because you're right about the education. Like they just assume certain different types of behaviors, but they don't look at the whole gamut of behaviors that can come about with autism. That is, you know, like typical for them to Mm -hmm. that to happen um so I was really I was really upset (laughs) because I'm like if she would have only talked to me and let me know and like tell me hey I'm really concerned about this you should go you know do this thing or get her evaluated here or there I would have done it and proved to her that she's not being sexually abused She's in a very loving home, you know, like all of her caregivers, which were at the time was the school. My dad, my mother-in-law were watching her. They're all obviously loving people who care deeply about my daughter. They're not doing anything bad to her. Um, But yeah, it was uh, definitely just, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's part of our, our story, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. I can't even imagine what you must have felt like, like you said, when it was like, all of a sudden you had a knock on your door and Mm -hmm. it was like, like, I mean, I like, when you talk about being an emotional person, I completely identify with that. And like thinking about that, like a moment like that. I mean, I would just, I would completely lose it.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say it lightly. I, I did. I was like, I'm doing everything. Anybody that knows me knows that, I mean, even my pediatrician was like, I know the kind of mother you are like, you know, like I, 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 when we vaccinated her, I mean, we're not trying to get into the vaccination debate here, but I said to her, I want to do like a delayed. And she's like, I say no to every mom except for you, because I know the type of mom you are. And so I'll say yes. Cause she knows I'm on top of it. She knows I'm going to know if something's going on with my daughter that way. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big mama bear. So, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was, she had to get, I mean, she had to get, so there's the interviews that happened with everybody. And then of course, like she had to look at Annabelle's room, like the whole house had to be, you know, evaluated up and up and down. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and then she needed to go get a physical, um, obviously, you know, a very in-depth physical. And so, just like oh my gosh you know but anyway
0: yeah. Yeah. wow I mean I give you so much credit because I can only imagine like how tough that was for you and just getting through that I mean there's so many really awful things that we have to do with in our lives and it's like you at the time you're thinking like why is this happening and honestly still it's not I'm sure it's not something you look back on and you're like I'm glad mm-hmm. that happened but at the same time it's like just just the the, the strength that yes. it took to go through that like I'm sure that that is gonna serve you well
1: definitely I think everything even if it's like you know something terrible that happens you just look at it as like wow that really you know sucked Mm. but at the same time coming out of that I'm like okay now I know so you know going into this new IEP I told the school psychologist about it and I said hey (laughs) you know (laughs) Just FYI, this thing happened and that, you know, we're trying to manage these behaviors and, um, and the school psychologist, she's, you know, she's ABA trained, which I love. And she was like, you know, I did notice a little bit. I thought maybe she was scratching herself. I didn't know. I didn't really think of it, but you know thank you for letting me know. And, you know, and I, she didn't seem like it was like, oh, I got to call CPS or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, great. Like I, I just wanted to put it out there because I would, I would really hate for this to happen again. So yeah, I would hope that she wouldn't do that in a classroom setting, please God. Um, but <laughs> you know, um, but you know, it, it can happen. Like, you know, it can definitely happen. So i I just wanted to put it out there because they're not gonna see that via Zoom, you know, because all right. all the all the evals and all that, they're not gonna see that in the 30, 40 minutes that they're with her. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's really good advice too, is I feel like there are so many times where you're thinking like, Oh, this isn't really a big deal, but it's like more information is always better in those yeah. kind of circumstances, especially like I know with Logan, like how you were saying when when you were going through evaluations, like I know she can do this, but she wasn't complying. Like that that happens with us pretty much every evaluation ever. So I really will try to like draw on instances where you know like oh like okay, yes she's not doing this right now, and granted it's like if they're not doing it in the evaluation, like that also counts for something too. But when you can kind of give them like specific examples of like, Hey, that, you know, like A, B and C happen on a daily basis, like that kind of stuff. I feel like that was something in the beginning. I really did have to learn as well. Just that, you know, when you're, when you're first learning to like advocate for somebody, you, you don't really know, like, sort of the path to take or like what you should say but it's it's interesting how like over time it really just becomes second nature of like okay like these are the questions that i want to ask this is the information that i want to give and it just it, it makes it makes things so much easier and like you said going into the iep this time i'm sure you felt so much different than you did the first time
1: absolutely totally
0: yeah Well, what an interesting and really like how you are saying like beautiful, so much, so much beauty. And I, I, I feel like the hard stuff and everything that we were saying, it's, it really is, it's all for a purpose. And I love how you were saying that, you know, now like you, you see the beauty and your like whole perspective has changed because I feel like That is just that. That's so, that's so powerful to hear that. And I feel like people are going to feel that too.
1: Yes. Thank you. I, I know this whole journey, even um, if I could share one little story, it even affected my, my husband's job. Um, So I, I mentioned he's a police officer and um, he was, he called me one day. He's like, Oh my gosh, this thing happened. I got to share this with you. And he, I guess, a lot of people call to um, like, you know, they, to parent their kids. So, Hey, you know, can you arrest my kid to, to show them, teach him a lesson, which he (laughs) really, he really doesn't like those calls, but this one particular incident was similar to that. And um, you know, the, the dad at the time called and was like, you have to watch my, this video of my son. And my husband looked at the video was like something, I, I think something's going on with this, this boy. Um, the boy was like 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. and he was like is is your son diagnosed with anything you know and he's like oh I don't know I don't think so my my wife knows all about that but I don't know anything about that and he's like no I I just feel like maybe you know I he he said I thought I swore he seemed like maybe he possibly was has you know had autism but he wasn't sure and so he's like look the, the boy is not doing anything wrong. I'm not going to do anything. Um, and so anyways, he, they ended up calling the station again. And now the mom is in the picture and it's like, the child is not doing anything wrong. And, you know, is there anything else? And the mom was like, yeah, he's, he's, he's diagnosed with autism. And so, you know, the, he just took the dad and was like, are you know, have you dealt with this, sir? Like, have you really, you know, accepted this? And the dad started crying. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I was like, honey, you just totally changed that man's life forever. And mm-hmm. he, he opened up about, you know, about our daughter. He was like, you know, it was hard for me too. like, I didn't accept it. And I, I was in denial. And, you know, it's like, you have to just love your child and that's your, that's your child, you know? And so that man, I I was like, you changed that man's life forever. And that kid's life forever, because you know, now that child will have a chance with their dad instead of their dad being, you know, maybe not kind to them or whatever. But so I just love, I love that because I think that, I mean, you take a child like my daughter and she's changing lives left and right. Yes. It's, it's so amazing. I just, I, you know, I thank God for this. Like, it's just so great. I'm so thankful. And I, I really do. I tell him too, I said, you know, there needs to be more awareness in the police community about, you know, children with special yeah. needs and, and he's very much aware of that. And, you know, I know they do trainings and stuff. So you know, I'm, I'm really happy about all of that, but I, I loved that. It gave me goosebumps, like hearing him tell me the story. So uh,
0: that's amazing. And like you said, yeah. like for changing, changing the life of, of that dad and also that kid, because I do yeah. think, you know, it's really like how you said before too, like you have to grieve that, that child that you once pictured. And I don't think there should be any shame in that. I think that that's like you're allowed to do that. And if you don't, I think sometimes that's when those kind of bad situations happen where it's like the yes. parent ends up like resenting their child, which is, it kind of sounds like that's what was happening with, with that dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully your husband that day gave him kind of permission to to do that and sort of grieve and then be able to move forward.
1: Yes. Yes. I think he did it right. Cause he, the way he phrased it was like in this, you know, in this like loving way in a, in a kind of like a tough love, you know, like, Hey, you know, this is not cool what you're doing, but here I am to like, you know, show up for you and tell you, like, I can relate to this. Like, I know exactly what you're going through and, you know, have you dealt with this? And the dad was flat out like saying no. And it's the mom Mm. that did all of the, you know, took the child to all the services and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really important, you know, and I just loved that story. So I'm, I wanted to share that with you. Oh my gosh.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing everything. This was so, this was so fun. Um, Do you want to connect and people can share, can find you?
1: Sure. I'm on Instagram. Um, My handle is Jenna dot Hanlin, And I am, I'm also on Facebook, but I'm, I love Instagram. So I'm mostly on there and I, it's pretty much about me and my family. I do post some stuff about Annabelle um, but yeah, I would love to connect to any any parents or anybody like I to you know increase my community. I would love that.
0: Well, like we were saying that that community piece is just so so important. so and I love that you were saying how you follow like past guests on the show, which is so it, it really is just like such a beautiful community. It is.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: All right, Jenna. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Thank you, Megan. I appreciate you bringing me on. Of course. Take care.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Jenna. I really just enjoyed talking to her so much. And I feel like her story is so interesting So many kind of twists and turns, but like I had said at the beginning, I, I feel like from where things started with her and, you know, her being so honest, talking about really being in denial about Annabelle having autism to now being, you know, such an amazing advocate, being so willing to open up and share and just like how she had said, like finding the beauty and everything to me, that is like the ultimate goal honestly, in this whole journey is, I mean, progress in our children is like the best and that's just kind of the the cherry on top, but getting to that place of not only acceptance, but just really seeing like the unique gifts that our kids have and what they can offer and, you know, seeing past their challenges to really seeing their potential and, just how incredible they are. That, that to me, like nothing makes me happier than hearing a parent talk with that because I totally understand <laughs> where they're coming from. So thank you again to Jenna. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at com always love hearing from you guys if you have you know feedback questions comments if you'd like to be a guest like like i said jenna was a listener and now she was a guest in the show and it was so great to get to chat with her so if that's something that you'd be interested in doing uh, go ahead and send me an email that's probably the best way and just let me know some of the things you'd like to talk about and i will get back to you um but that is all for now so until next time take care Download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism, all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism for your free audiobook.